Are you a workaholic? Well, then today's episode might be perfect for you. Desiree Therianos is a people ops leader and mother of two. She's also a self-described workaholic. So this is a really great conversation. We talk about things like burnout and fully unplugging on maternity leave and redefining who you are after you become a mom. I found it really informative. I appreciate you listening. If you would click the follow button and leave me a rating, that would mean the world to me. It's the best way to help grow the podcast. Anyway, on to the show. Welcome back to the Successful Working Parents Podcast, the podcast where we talk to successful working parents, if you can believe that. My guest today, she is a people leader at Databricks. She's also a mother of five. Ladies and gentlemen, Desiree Therianos. Desiree, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Anthony. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So why don't we just kick off really quick background on your career thus far? Uh, Where do I start? I've been in... um startup HR for about 20 years. Um, I started my career in HR at a company called Hot or Not. I'm not sure if you heard of it. but um, I think I remember that from back in the day, yeah. (laughs) Had a lot of fun there. Um, Didn't really dive into HR. I was doing more customer support and and operations and then kind of fell into HR. And from there, I never went back. Awesome. I actually had taken a year off when I found out I was having a baby and I was doing a different career. I was actually in um, liquor distribution. I worked for a company called Shefflin Somerset. Um, I helped launch Ciroc Vodka. This is before anybody knew that was a thing. And when I found out I was expecting, it was a little bit of an occupational hazard. So I was like, okay, I've got to rethink this equation. What do I want to do? Because I I couldn't see myself being successful and having a little one and doing that career path. Sure. Um, and at that time, I was 25. So, you know, young kiddo, trying to figure life out, trying to figure out what do I want to be when I grow up. Um, and, you know, very blessed for that experience. But taking a year off for me was like a really, um, it was not something I embraced. So staying home was really difficult. Um, and I was like, okay, what am I going to get back into now? And I answered a Craigslist post. And I ended up going into the Hot or Not offices to interview. Um, and they said, wow, you're, you know, you're a Berkeley graduate, you're really overqualified for this position. Um, and that, at that time, it was just, you know, answering customer emails. And I said, you know what, I just need to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to adults and have a sure. little bit of a shift. Uh-huh. So that's kind of where my career started. Um, and my, you know, my journey into parenthood. Gotcha. And so you have your mother of five, is that right? I am a mother of five. I'm a stepmom to three. Um, I have a daughter who's 19 and a daughter who's 10 years old. And my spouse has three um, other children from another marriage. And so we're a big um, blended family. Um, yeah, of five. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. How, how do you feel like your experience in HR has informed the way that you've been a parent, if at all? Yeah. Um, I would say running a people function for scaling startups, for one, you have to operate in chaotic situations and you have to be creative and empathetic. And um, and so learning those things, being able to take t- a time out when I need it, I'm very like transparent with myself because it's hard to do it all perfectly, especially when you're running really fast. And I think that happens in the home life with five kids. And I think that happens in a different way in the work environment as well, especially as part of startup growth. 
How about the other way? Do you think you've started to approach your, your career in HR differently after becoming a mom? I was a mom before I got in HR and I um, learned some valuable things too, that sometimes, you know, things aren't going to happen the way we want. How can you stay agile? And I very much have practiced that. Again, kind of taking that break and time out when you need it to pivot. I think it's hard for working parents to do that sometimes. I think we aspirationally want to do it all and it's just not feasible um, to do it all perfectly. Right. So I kind of think of it more as work life integration. How am I going to get all these things to work together? And it's going to ebb and flow at times. Um, And so, again, kind of staying kind to myself and and knowing when I need to take that time out, even when it's disciplining the children or whether it be in the day to day work. Yeah. um, You have to kind of have that patience and kindness with yourself first. What else is really important to find that work-life integration? I think it's an interesting concept. People are trying to say that more often than work-life balance. And so I'm curious to hear what your other thoughts are on that topic. I was saying that 20 years ago too. (laughs) Um, And so it's very deeply ingrained for me. But I think present day, you know, especially with some of the things that have materialized in the last three years, we don't have a choice, right? We've had to mesh all these things together and create these boundaries. And it's really difficult to do. But I think now we're a little bit more empathetic, you know, to the person on the receiving end to say, you know, hey, they're probably going through the same thing as well. Right. Yeah. And I remember I was running, um, you know, an executive meeting um, at Okara and my little one, you know, because we had work from home during the pandemic, pandemic and school remote school. Um, and she hops on the Zoom and says, mommy, your breath smells. You know, I just had, <laughs> and here I am like presenting to 10 executives. Oh my God. Um, I, I had been drinking coffee and, you know, so that's what she didn't like the smell of coffee. But what do you do? <laughs> yeah. You have to roll with it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And, and and I'm sure in the moment that's a little embarrassing, but I do find that it's usually helps like endear you to the people that you're speaking to and they see a little bit more of like, your family life and you're on you're on the phone and the, and the kids jump in and stuff like that. I think most people appreciate that for the most part. Yeah, I think it, I think we've connected in a different way, right? Because although it's been difficult to, you know, not be in the office setting and see everybody, you know, physically, I think we've gained more empathy and a different level of connection when you're able to see kind of behind the curtain, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you also have in your in your job history executive director slash mother of Raising Rebel Girls, which is actually yes. how I how I had found you. I used to work with oh, your sister, Leah, start- but, oh, I yeah. but that's not how I found you on LinkedIn. I actually found oh, interesting. you from that. I thought that was really interesting. What does that mean to you, Raising Rebel um, Girls? That's a great question. And you know what? I actually, like, I don't have that trademark. Someone else does. And I picked up that book. Um, there's like a series of books um, of rebel women who have influenced history and I bought these books for my little one um, and, you know, it resonated and I'm like, oh, wow, you know what? That, I'm aspiring to be a mom to rebel girls. And what that means to me is sometimes you have to bend the rules, you know, to get ahead and to make an impact. And, you know, we, we are in the society and the system. And if you just take no for the answer, you know, every time you hear it, you might not make progress. So I raise my little ones to ask the tough questions um, and they apply this to me more so than anyone else right now. But I think it's, you know, more about, you know, being strong willed, not being afraid to back down when you, you know, have conviction. Um, and so that's, you know, I'm hoping that as young ladies that they're going to, you know, 
have that unapo- you know unapologetic, fearless drive. Yeah, a lot of times I think we want to instill things in our kids that we wish we had growing up, or we wish our parents had instilled in us more. And I'm curious: is this something that you had in your life growing up, or something that you found as an adult, and you're like, I wish I had this growing up, and I, I want to make sure my kids have it too? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, I I think I had it in me from a really early age and I've kind of pushed the boundaries and that's, I think what's made me really successful in the HR space as a leader. Um, I just didn't know what to call it. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't name it. Um, and when it's, when I started to, it actually gave my voice more power. Um, and so, you know, being able to portray it even in my day to day, like my daughters will hear me in meetings and like, you know, those are learned behaviors, the things subconsciously that they're going to see and be exposed to. And so you just have to stand true, right? To your yeah. voice. Sure. I think that's the biggest thing we can impart on our little ones. Yeah. Love it. You mentioned having a hard time in the year that you had taken off when you first became a mom. So I, I assume that you're just like a, maybe just like you like working, right? I guess you're just like kind of like a career person and it just, was it hard for you to just not have that part of your life? And I'm just curious what that experience was like and, and what led you to be like, I had to go back to, to working. Yeah, I, it, it's a different muscle. I had to, you know, leverage that was very um, foreign to me, you know, s- you know, staying home, doing laundry, cooking, like that to me wasn't satisfying. Um, and not having, you know, these challenging environments where I'm solving. So I think it more so comes from impact, right? And um, I don't want to negate the fact that I was home making big impact with my little one's development, but um, I, I wanted a different type of challenge, right? And the one where you're literally exhausted, um, running on screens, <laughs> you know, because her dad would come home at like five o'clock. So really, I was kind of manning the child rearing. And he would come in the door and I would be like, here's the baby, see you later. (laughs) Uh, And so that was a different level of exhaustion and a different level of kind of mind space that was being leveraged. So I kind of craved that interaction. I'm a really social person and I really like to solve things and help people. And so it was more a yearning of, hey, I I need to do more right now. I want to be an amazing mother, but if I can't fulfill some of those, you know, instinctual needs for myself, I won't you know, my, my cup will be half full for what I can give to my little one. Yeah. It's really interesting. My wife is kind of in the middle of that right now. You know, our daughter's about eight weeks old, so she's about eight weeks into the, into the leave. And yeah, thanks. And she always was a really ambitious career person. She was a principal, still as a principal of a high school. So I think she's still trying to figure out. brave woman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, if you're listening, honey, you're very brave. Um, yeah, <laughs> what, so she's still trying. What to, year does she like? Is it high school? High school, elementary? yeah. Oh high school. wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, Double clap. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, she has the craziest stories. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I think she's still trying to you know navigate that, that same idea of how much was my career defining what I did? Like, what do I what can I, what do I do in my life without working? And I think yeah. it's a really interesting um, experience that. A lot of people experience, but but I think women as well deal with it maybe in a different way than men do. Yeah, it, that you, you said something that really stood out to me was the redefining, and that really is what it is. Like you're redefine. Not only was I going through like a career shift, but I was also becoming a parent. So I was looking in the mirror and not recognizing who I was and what I stood for. 
Um, and I think that process, and I would just say again, like taking that time, I didn't take the time to really appreciate it in the moment. Um, but I will, sh- I want to share a, another scenario with when I had my second daughter, um, who is now yeah. 10 years old. Um, I was working at another startup um, called Crunchyroll, um, anime video streaming. Um, yeah. They uh, scaled very quickly. And we were, you know, going through an acquis- a big acquisition, AT&T ended up acquiring the company before I left. But I had Ava and two days later, I was I was doing HR recruiting and operations at Crunchyroll. Um, and two days later, I was in the hospital and I was sending wire payments out. So <laughs> wow, uh, no one told me to do that. I mean, sure. I think they wanted me to. They didn't, uh, but it was never explicitly stated. Um, and I kind of drove myself to some really unhealthy habits because I didn't want to fall behind. I didn't yeah. want to kind of lose my position and influence with my in that company at a time where it was really pivotal. And in startup, like overnight things change and you have to just always be prepared to run really fast. And I didn't know how to reconcile it. But, you know, looking back now, I just think, you know, what the hell were you thinking? Right. right. So you wouldn't you wouldn't advise <laughs> someone to do that today? Unless it's your own company, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't advise it. it. It was not setting up healthy boundaries. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it just led to a lot of um, strife later and, you know, really burnout. Yeah. You know, I kind of gave too much of myself and then, you know, it was just really tough to recuperate after that. Yeah. I, I try to remember in times of like stress related to work, it's just like, is that going to matter like five years from now? Right. Like, does it really matter that you did that for Crunchyroll? That, yeah, those, that's exactly you know, what Michael, my spouse said. He's like, look, tomorrow and a year from now, like you're not even going to remember what you were doing yeah. that took you away from something, you know, really so momentous in your life because I don't get those moments back, right? So do you think now if you could do it again or if you were to go on leave again, like do you think that mothers especially should really try to like fully unplug from work for the time that they're on maternity leave and – consider what the career looks like when they get back. Yeah, I'm a little torn with this one too, to be honest with you. I'm trying to define it for myself even present day, because I think when you're in a leadership role, unless you've built a strong, um, you know, organization around you, it is hard. Um, And I think companies and, and look, I'm in the position of an operator to define these programs. And I think we need to create them in a way that really empowers women to say, hey, I'm going to take this time out. And I think it's happening, actually. I think this evolution is happening. We're talking more about it. Um, there's more investments from companies to support people, take even even um, for fathers to take the time out, right? And, and I yeah. think it's really critical. But when I think about it personally, um, I, am, I, I am a workaholic, and I would probably have a hard time. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I think it's I was hard. born with a laptop attached, yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, no, I, and I can relate because I yeah, I just had a kid. And so yeah. we do have really nice paternity leave, but I'm deferring it a little while just because this is kind of like a busy time for me at work. And I just want to get some stuff done before I can you know, unplug and not worry about it as much. So it, it's, it's hard That's to critical. fully, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to fully separate from something that does take up a large part of our day, right? And that you've invested in, right? Like your work product and the things you're, you're putting into it, like, it's fulfilling and that's why we do it. Right. And maybe that's why we do it and over index a bit at times, but that's why the work life integration to me, like really resonates because, you know, at the end of the day, you have to figure out how to make it work for yourself where you're satisfying your personal needs, the company's needs, and obviously, you know, the needs of 
these little beings we've brought into the world, right? So yeah, there's some non-negotiables. And um, I learned later on down the line that, you know, I had to be bullish with the non-negotiables and flexible with the other stuff, right? Yeah. And that's going to look different for everyone. Like, you know, um, I don't think of myself as a successful parent. I think of myself as a parent in training. <laughs> I think of myself as a successful HR leader. But okay. you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, how you view your impact to both. Yeah. Right? And then how you kind of set up those boundaries. And, you know, the, the non-negotiables for me are, you know, I do drop off every morning. I'm the one to do the hair, to um, serve the breakfast, to get the little one ready. Um, and during that time, you know, I'm out of pocket. You're not going to, you're not going to find me when it comes to work related things. Right. But yeah. bath time, you know, we might not get a bath in every day <laughs> that will, you know, so you have to reconcile it in a way for you that it doesn't um, negatively impart on all the efforts you're putting, whether yeah. it be, you know, efforts you're giving in the home or efforts at work. Right. Yeah. I'm already like, maybe not bath time every day, you know, maybe, we, yeah. maybe, we, maybe, maybe we got to skip a few here. <laughs> Yeah. So I think, that, again, like defining what those boundaries are, are yeah. really important. And then communicating them well, because that was the other le lesson that I've learned in kind of corporate America, especially in startup realm. Um, if you put the boundaries and communicate them well, people will have respect for that. Yeah. Right. I think, I mean, communicating boundaries when it comes to being a working parent, I feel like is the number one thing that people talk about. I feel like it's, it's so important because it is okay to still want to work hard and care a lot about your work, but it, it is work, right? It's not life or death unless you're like a surgeon or a guest or something like that. And so I think it is important to be able to set that boundary and say, hey, look, at this time I'm busy and you guys have to have to figure it out without me. Yeah. I think we're still afraid of it. I think we're... Yeah. Um, well, people, I mean, yeah. you, there's people above you that you you worry will, will judge that decision, right? Yep. But yeah, I think we need to, we need to normalize people. We need not to normalize it. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So you have five kids. Are they all in the house still or some of them are gone? Um, our eld Michael's eldest son, who's 22, moved out on his own. Um, wow, and then okay. the other four are with us. We okay. also have <laughs> two chihuahuas. Okay. And we have a little farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, the theme for me is being able to operate under chaos. Um, and then we have eight cats. <laughs> okay. Eight. Um, Michael, we had... Uh, to out, they're outdoor, but Michael brought him a COVID kitty that um, actually ended up having babies. So we didn't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay. I can add kitty doula to my resume too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, when you have six cats, you know, and you get yeah. two more, like, I guess, but I guess they were all, they all came out, there was kind of a package deal, huh? Yeah. And then we didn't want to separate the little family. So, sure. you know, okay. we juggle a lot, but I think, um, yeah, relying on, well, for one, the older kids are super helpful. Yeah. And as you know, as Ava, the youngest one, gets older, it is easier. Um, but this is a different generation. Like the reliance on technology, the reliance on the iPad, like mm -hmm. the game, all those things. Um, there isn't a playbook for how to maneuver that as a parent. Um, yeah. How so about we, we struggle with that daily? How about time for yourself with all of these kids and, and cats and chihuahuas? Like, how, how do you make time for yourself? Do you have any tips for self-care? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I like frameworks a lot. <laughs> I okay. apply frameworks at work. So, 
um, you know, what, what I've thought to kind of put in place for myself and really lean into in this last year primarily was the once a day, the once a week, the once a month, the once a year. And so there are things that kind of getting regimented around blocking that time for self-care, I think is really important. Like the, you know, daily, I try to do a walk 30 minutes, right? It could, it could be, uh, you know, simple enough to really go anywhere, right? Um, once a week, I'll, it's hard, right? But, you know, for me, I, I like exploring. So I'll try a new restaurant or I'll go to a new coffee shop. Like th- that's self-care to me. And I think it's important to define what that looks like for yourself, right? But, but yeah. again, then being able to say, hey, I'm going to block this off once a day, this off once a week. And then like once a month, I, um, I started getting massages. And then, you know, once a year, I'll do like a little vacation with some girlfriends, like just something that kind of fills my cup, right? Sure. That makes um, sense. And sometimes it's difficult, but I think if, you know, for me, if I've taken it like in small nuggets, it's become more habitual. And, um, and so that's how I, I recharge. Are there sacrifices that you've had to make in your career for your family or for, you know, vice versa? I think it's been more, more the opposite. <laughs> the family has taken the brunt sometimes. Um, <laughs> I've been involved in a couple startups that went through, you know, some really big acquisitions and merger and acquisition is like another beast, especially if you're part of a deal team. Um, and so, you know, even when AT&T was acquiring Crunchyroll, I would have to fly to LA on, you know, a drop of a dime uh, yeah. and just be accessible. Um, the other way around, I've had to learn. And this last year has been more of a learning for me. So it's taken a little bit of time, but you know, my, my daughter wants me to be there on the field trip. So last year I chaperoned every field trip and, wow. you know, there were some deadlines and, and I was, you know, I was mindful to tee things up where I didn't leave anybody in a bad position, but I was like, look, I got to do this. I'm taking the day off and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go explore with my kiddo to Oakland Zoo or where, you know, wherever we went. Right. But and the, and again, the world kept spinning, right? And the world kept spinning and, you know, yeah. someone might've not been happy in the moment, but in the long <laughs> run, it didn't, it wasn't detrimental. Right. So right. I think just using the best judgment again to kind of mesh those things together. Yeah. Something that's been on my mind lately. Do you think about the effect that we have on our kids, like psyche, like they're, especially in those first zero to five years it's i, I it's you're they're so impressionable at that time and it feels like it's really entirely up to the parents how they fare i mean they're like little sponges at that time it's such a formative time right mm-hmm. and even our stress level <laughs> right and i i actually think that you know because ava's the youngest but she's my most high strung she's the the little one that i had when i was working in like probably the most stressful period of my career yeah um and I, I do see it. <laughs> uh, I see that sometimes she's like super anxious and it could just be a, a, a slew of other things. Right. But um, having that self-awareness while you're learning to be a parent and while you're learning to um, do all, you know, provide all, for all the needs, there's also this subconscious emotional piece that I think we underestimate. Right. And yeah, for sure. That, um, you know, that having your half, uh, having your cup half empty really resonates with me because if, if you're not whole and you can't bring hundred percent to the table when you're interacting, even with your little one, or if you're too tired, right. That's when things can go awry sometimes. Right. Yeah. Are there any other 
important tips or secrets to success in juggling work life and family life and, and being a busy working parent that you want to share? Yeah, I, I think the big one for me is be kind with yourself and take the time to really define what success means. Because for a long time, I was operating under someone else's definition and model. And I was running really fast and working really hard. And, you know, my family suffered because I wasn't present. So be kind, um, be present, right? Um, and there's another little anecdote that I try to apply to my work um, environment, but also in home lately is, you know, every day you're having transactional interactions and it's like really simple stuff, like even, you know, the hello, how are you doing when you really don't care to hear how someone is doing? Um, but how can we make those more transformational, right? And when I started to think about that with my little ones, um, you know, even on the school drop-off, like I said, I do that every morning. You know, I ask Ava every day, how are you going to change the world today? Right. I'm, I'm just really trying to think of thoughtful things to get her to think more critically on her impact. But it also is almost like a mirror. Right. Because as I'm applying this when talking to her, it, you know, bounces back and I'm like, hey, wait a second. What yeah. are you doing uh, in the same regard? So be kind. It, it is possible to have it all, but something is going to have to sacrifice in the moment. And you know, you have to be the one to define it for yourself rather than letting your surroundings and your work environment do that for you. Why do you think self-kindness and self-compassion is so hard for most of us? I, there's this guilt behind it, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know I feel sometimes for sure. It's mm -hmm. almost like we're being selfless, selfish, not selfless, right? And right. that's not really condoned, right? Yeah. I've heard people say like, take care of yourself and like treat yourself like you would be treating somebody else, right? Like I think it's easier yeah. to like take care of yourself as though you're trying to take care of a friend because it's easier to take care of somebody else than yourself sometimes for whatever reason. Definitely resonates. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say I've, I haven't nailed that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's a moving target sometimes, right? It's I think, I think that also like, when you're practicing self-care, you have an idea of what it is. And I think over time, your your own needs change, right? And then just, there's new yep. ways that you need to practice it. Yeah. All right. We're going to move into the final segment called Desiree's Advice Corner. I'm going to ask you for some advice <laughs> on a few areas. And uh, we're going to get awesome. uh, get some thoughts from you, all right? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, what advice would you give for a woman who's approaching her first maternity leave? Looking back now, I did this exercise a little too late, but I sat down and literally defined a set of values um, for myself. And I help startups do this. And I was like, hey, we're going to apply this to you personally. And the reason I say that is because um, those are things that are going to dictate your actions and behaviors and how you communicate and show up to, to the world as a mother and, and to your world as a working parent. And so, you know, one of my values is um, connect with my girls. And that could look different every single day. But, you know, when I'm being true to the things that for me are necessary, um, then it's easier for me to communicate and set the boundaries. So kind of come up for come up with what you stand for so you don't fall for anything. Right. And mm -hmm. I think it's hard as a, as a new mom or even going on to the maternity leave to feel, you know, to think that way because you're thrust into 
what do I have to do to take leave? All the formal filings, all the things at work you have, like there's so many things, but if you kind of stand for those values, you'll approach those conversations and all the mandatory things in a different way, right? And it's coming from a place of, hey, these needs have to be met for me to even come back and reenter the workforce successfully, right? Yeah. And yeah. for some, you know, I had a really close friend and, and she actually decided like, hey, I'm not going back to that position. Um, it's not serving me. It won't serve my values. So this is a good transition overall to kind of hand it over smoothly and really take that time to bond with my baby before I right. come back. So that might be, you know, that might be the discovery um, in that in that time. What advice do you have for somebody who's starting out a career in HR and, and wants to have a successful career like you? Don't be afraid of what of the unknowns. Don't be afraid of the unknowns. I think people do people things all the time. Um, and in HR, there are a lot of compliance and regulations and processes. And if you let that limit you in terms of the impact you want to make, then it'll do just that, right? So come at yeah. it from a place of wanting to empower people and learn as much as you can. And there's so many resources, there's so many ways to like really dive into this, but I think your motivations have to be genuine. Um, Cause it's hard, right? Like yeah. having to lay someone off who just had a baby or whatever the circumstances, right? Sure. Like there are a lot of hard things that you're going to face in that profession. Um, and so you have to do it in a humble way and in a, in a, in a servant leadership approach, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how you do that. That's a tough one. I don't know if I, I feel like that's why I've been, I have an individual contributor role. And I think that that's part, part of the reason why I think that giving that hard feedback and, and, and making hard decisions like that is, is tough. It's really hard sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It, um, but if you do it in a humane and compassionate way, and again, like really that applies where you treat someone like you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. That's really helped me sure. through some hard stuff myself. What is the best advice you've ever received? Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> I heard that several times and it really kind of fueled my problem solving nature. And sometimes it's selfish because I want to move forward. Sometimes it's to help someone else. But I think um, there's always, there's always a way. Mm -hmm. Might not be, you know, the number one thing you wanted it to be, but it'll evolve to something that still will help you grow. What advice would you give to your former self? Set those boundaries and kind of really be true to your to your own voice because there were times when I just didn't do it and kicked myself for it later. Yeah, that's good advice. All right, final question. What advice yeah. do you have for me as the father of a two-month-old daughter? Um, I, okay, I say one is an accessory, two is when shit gets real. Okay. <laughs> so, so if you think about that um, in that way, um, laugh at the... At, at the tough stuff, laugh at the funny stuff, like really take time to appreciate this moment because you're only going to get it once with your daughter. Um, you might have another, but keep it light, keep it light and, and appreciate as much of what you're giving to her as the learning she's going to impart on you through this change. So one is an accessory, meaning like she's just like a little accessory <laughs> of me for the first year because she's not doing much. Okay. I mean, it's, it's just like easy. <laughs> Sure. No, and, yeah. and adding another one, it's like literally it like triples. <laughs> I got to say, I've been thinking a lot. I've been thinking a lot. Of, I say this to my wife almost every day. I was like, can you imagine if we had like a two-year-old right now and this baby? And like another. Probably, yeah, it's crazy. Right. I can't or, even or, or a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Like 
I don't know yeah. anyone out there who has more than one kid. It. That's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So, but I, I guess mean, we'll you know, my sister day. Leah, but you know, my parents had five kids at once, and we were each like a year apart. And yeah. That gives me empathy to just think about that time, and I'm like, how the heck did they do it? Because you know, my daughter's 19 now, and Ava's 10. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty that's a pretty yeah. good spread. Um, so right. it was ma- manageable for me, but for yeah. a lot of people, they have to juggle a lot and. You know, little ones when they start to self-identify and have their own voice and you know it's not easy to get them to cooperate to your schedule right <laughs> yeah totally we're on, we're on their schedule a lot of the time yeah. yes all right well i appreciate the advice yeah. um all right desiree well this has been a great chat where can people go to connect with you or learn more about you or is there anything you want to share or promote yeah i'm i'm on linkedin Right now, I'm working with Databricks um, and trying to figure out what my next move will be. So please find me on LinkedIn, um, Desiree Therianos. Um, I'm excited to connect with folks and, and learn more myself through those connections. Sure. Uh, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Desiree Therianos, ladies and gentlemen. Thank Anthony, you. Anthony, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>